Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 387 for the 20th of Kislev in a regular year. Those of you that know me in real life know that my day job is to match up clients with fitness instructors of all kinds under my company, Bring the Gym to Me. I sometimes get calls where people say to me, they say that they have a very specific goal in mind, whether it's to lose weight or tone up or you know, alleviate back pain or something like that. And they'd like to do some sessions, but they want to know how many sessions they'll need in order to achieve their goal or in order to continue just exercising on their own. And this is always a tricky question for me to answer because there's not really an answer for it. And while I understand that people have budget limitations and not everybody can afford having a one-on-one trainer for the rest of their lives, um, nothing really can replace that. And it really is a long, a lifelong pursuit if this is something that you want as a priority. There's nothing that can really replace having that live teacher with you. I know in my own practice, so people are often surprised to hear that I have a teacher, even though I have been practicing yoga and contortion and, you know, different modalities like that for years now. And I'm actually a certified yoga instructor. And then when I tell them that I have a teacher of my own, people are kind of shocked. They're like, why do you need a teacher? You're a teacher. And this is interesting to me because it's such a fundamental idea that having a teacher, having a live in-person teacher, nothing replaces that. That is really essential to growth of any kind, whether we're talking about yoga, whether we're talking about personal training, whether we're talking about Torah, as we'll see. I've seen people in my uh in my career as a yoga teacher and as a yoga teacher trainer, I've seen people learn yoga and try to teach themselves yoga or different exercises from books. And the results are not great. I often will see these people and they just have a lot of misalignments and are doing a lot of things incorrectly to the point that God forbid they might injure themselves if they they don't get those corrections. Nowadays, yeah, we have YouTube, you know, that makes it a little bit better. But even with YouTube, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same as actually having like a live teacher in the room with you and looking at you, seeing what you're doing wrong, getting that feedback and telling you what you're doing wrong. I know for myself, I've had, I had this experience for years. I was trying to teach myself handstands uh, just off of things I thought I knew, things I read on the internet, even videos and things like that. And I didn't have a lot of success with it. And it was very frustrating to me because I didn't really know what I was doing wrong until I finally caved and I got a teacher. I got a a private teacher for this. And the results have been tremendous. And And what I'm seeing is that the teacher is able to see 
things that I'm doing that I'm not aware of in myself. Like I don't notice that my hips are twisted out a little bit or my shoulders aren't open. And these kind of this kind of body awareness can really only come from having a teacher who's there who not only can observe you and see what it is that you're doing incorrectly, but can cater the workouts, can cater the classes, the teachings specifically to you and to your needs. This is why throughout history, we see that many disciplines were actually passed down orally from teacher to student and weren't written down. This is actually true in Judaism as well. The whole idea of even writing down the Mishnah was a very, very big deal when it first happened or the Rambam. When the Rambam wrote out his Mishnah Torah, there was a lot of controversy around this and people really felt that in putting these teachings into writing, something would be compromised. It would take away this teacher-student relationship. And this is the subject that we're going to be looking at today in, in today's Tanya. Today's Tanya, we're going to be looking at the forward of the Alter Rebbe to this book. And this is the exact issue that he's going to address, is this issue of how it is that, uh, that while he did agree to put together this book. And we learned yesterday that this actually was somewhat reluct reluctantly. He wasn't sure that this was a good idea, uh, but then eventually he was convinced that, that it was a good idea. But nevertheless, this today's episode that we're going to learn is a disclaimer with all of this. And this it's this uh, it's it's addressing this exact point that uh, that a book, a written the written word cannot replace a teacher, cannot replace having that relationship with a teacher. And we'll examine the reasons why that is. So the so the first thing to note about today's episode, today's portion, is that it when we see it says at the top that it's the forward of the Alter Rebbe, it doesn't say the forward of the author, like many books do, but it says the forward of the compiler, Hakdamat HaMelekit in Hebrew. So as mentioned in yesterday's episode, the Alter Rebbe was very careful to call himself a compiler rather than an author. And putting together this book, he called this, the Tanya the Likutei uh, Amarim, a compilations of sayings. And the point of this is he really wanted to point out that these ideas that he's going to bring out in the Tanya that he's going to teach are not new ideas. These are ideas that are founded on the very basics of Torah and uh, and Torah teachings and Torah scholars, very uh, respected and accepted Torah scholars. And all he's doing is he's compiling these teachings together into this format that will make it accessible to his followers to be able to, to learn them properly. But these are not new ideas. So this is why he starts off this, this forward and he says it's the forward of the compiler. He then goes on to say that this is a letter, this this forward is a letter to all of his followers, to all of Anash, as we call it in Hebrew. Um, and then he goes on to bring up this concern, which he says this concern about how the written word can't replace a live teacher is actually coming from Anash themselves, from his followers, that this, this has come up. So he wants to address this challenge. Today, he addresses the challenge. He doesn't really offer a solution to it. Spoiler alert. And even in tomorrow's episode, he doesn't quite answer the question, but uh, but he does kind of, you know, explain why it is that he nevertheless decided to write the book. But I think he, it's interesting that he chose to put this challenge in here. He didn't want to ignore the challenge. He wanted to basically really point out that this is a real issue. This is a real challenge and he wanted to uh, give it attention. So what is the what is the challenge? So the challenge of how it is that the written word cannot replace a live teacher can actually be, be divided into two points. The point number one is that the human mind is limited. We're all limited by our intellects. And 
each one of us in a different way. And so we don't see, we, it's hard for us to see sometimes things clearly without the help of a teacher. So it's like, if we're learning a, a safer, if we're learning a very holy book like the Tanya is, and we know that there's uh, there's there's great light that uh, that is in these books, and that it's it's taught that this light actually sweet to the eyes and it is healing to the soul. So there's there's a healing quality to the light that's found in these farm. Due to our limited in- intellects, due to the coarseness of our minds, we don't always see this and. It's much much easier to get confused or to take the teachings in the wrong way when it's a teacher when it's when it's a book versus a teacher. Just like Lahavdiel, as it explains, when it comes to exercises, uh, if somebody is learning how to do a handstand from a book, it's there's there's a much bigger chance that they're going to mess up, that they're going to not get the nuances, not not really get what what the how to do it properly versus if they had in a, a live teacher right in front of them. So that's issue number one with a with with a book versus a live teacher. Now the second issue that the ultra river brings up is that people are different, and different kinds of teachings uh, speak to different people. So like we see nowadays with like self help books, right? There's so many self help books. It's such a big industry, and some self help books really speak to one person. Some really really don't. Uh, I was recently recommended to read a book called The Myth of Normal by Gabor Mate, and I was this was my friend was ranting and raving about this book and just like going on and on about how great this book is. I read it and honestly, I was underwhelmed. I didn't get that much out of the book. So different people are inspired by different things. So a uh, uh, safer that is written by a, by a person and it's based on human intellect is going to appeal to certain people, but it may not appeal to other people. And the Alter Rabbi here explains that this is why there's actually a certain blessing that, that we are supposed to say upon seeing 600,000 Jews. We say the bracha of Chacham Arazim, he who is wise in secrets, which really alludes to this idea that 600,000 Jews each one of them is a secret. Like each one is so distinct and so individualistic that only God, or as we'll see, some very special individuals can see this distinction of all of these different souls. So the Ramban explained this, and he gave a an elaboration upon a teaching from a, a commentary of the Sifre that was talking about Yoshua, where uh, where Yoshua is described as being an ish asheruachbo, which literally means a man whose spirit is within him. And what this, the way the Ramban interpreted this is that he actually, the Yoshua had this incredible ability to actually tap into the spirit of every single person. So meaning to say that this is not a usual ability and that every single person's spirit is very different. So this is another challenge presented to the written word. So first we said that the challenge number one to, um, to to a book versus a teacher is that our due to our minds being limited we might miss things we might miss details of a book because we don't because of the limits of our mind uh challenge number two is the fact that we're all very different and so we're going to be inspired by different things okay so now that that second challenge that was in reference to different kinds of teachings that were authored by the human intellect, like these, you know, inspirational ideas of perhaps even very holy people, but it's coming from their minds. What about Torah? What about just pure Torah teachings? Like we're saying again that the Tanya is a compilation of sayings. So, so the Altar Rabbi is saying that he's not making up anything new. These are things that are actually all based on Torah. So what about in the case like this? You might think in this case, then there wouldn't be an issue because the Torah is actually written for everybody and it's relevant to all people, right? Um, and th- 
through the Torah, this is actually how we connect to God. And this is how, how we connect to the source of our souls. So the Torah is so essential to our souls that you would think that, okay, if we're, if we're learning something from a, a safer that is based on Torah, then this would be a little bit more pure. Now, the issue with this is that, yes, the Torah is relevant to all Jews, uh, but in a clawless kind of way, in kind of like a general way. And truly, yes, you know, the these generalities do have, they're meant to be elucidated upon in more detailed ways so that all of these details will be relevant to the multiplicity of Jewish souls, like each one being... Um, each every single like there's this idea that every single Jewish soul has like a portion of the Torah that is specifically relevant to them and that our souls every single one of our souls is is, is actually sourced in a specific part of the Torah but nevertheless once again we're we're limited with our human minds and we don't all or we're not all able to recognize our specific portion of the Torah and we see this multiplicity of the Torah, like the, the plurality of the Torah manifest in very simple things. Like, for example, when we look at halacha, when we look at Jewish law, and we look at, you know, the idea of what's permitted, what's what's um, forbidden, you'd think that'd be like a straightforward kind of thing. But we actually see that there's disagreements amongst the sages, amongst the Tanaim and amongst the Amoraim from one extreme to the other. Like one will say that this is allowed, one will say this is not allowed, whatever, you know, and... We know there's this idea of that all of these are under, like it, they're all correct. It's just a different vantage point of looking at it. So what's going on here is that they all have a different um, soul root. So, you know, like we're going to talk about elsewhere in Tanya that there's Beit Hillel, Beit Shammai, and they tended to disagree a lot and how Beit Hillel came from the root of Chassad, Beit Shammai came from the root of Gorah. So, so too. Do all Jewish souls come from these different roots? And in general, we can say that the, the, the three kind of main roots of Jewish souls is chesed, the right side, which is the side of, of kindness, of kind of like uh, giving. The second one is, the second root is gvora, which is um, more severity, more restraint kind of energy. And the third is tiferet, which is sort of like the merging of the two which is somewhere in the middle. And so thus uh, we know that those souls that are rooted in chesed, they're going to be more in the side of, of being lenient about different things. And uh, those on the side of gavura are going to be more, they're going to tend to be a little bit stricter about different things. So if this is the case, when it comes to something like halacha, which is, you know, very, you would think it would be very straightforward, but then we find out in the Mishnah and the Gemara that it's really not. And there's, there's actually a lot of disagreements, even in that way. All the more so, concludes the Altar Rabbi here, is this the case when we talk about something about love and fear of God, like these more spiritual kind of pursuits, which is going to be the subject of the Tanya, then it's for each person, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very individualistic kind of thing. It's not a one-size-fits-all kind of situation. And the Altar Rabbi concludes by bringing out a teaching from the Zohar, from a pasuk in Mishlei chapter 31, verse 23, which says, Her husband is known by the gates. And so this is an illusion. What, what does this have to do with anything? Is that um, the Zohar explains that her husband, the husband is a reference to God. And gates, the word gate in Hebrew, she'arim, is related to the word shi'ur, which means a measurement. So it's sort of like this idea that God knows our measurements. God knows uh, that we're all different and that we all need different things and that that, um, that different teachings 
are more or less relevant to us and should be catered to us on an individual level. So that's the end of the section. So just to recap, today we brought up a lot of challenges and we didn't bring answers to these challenges and perhaps there is no answer to satisfying answer to the challenge. Perhaps the what we're supposed to be left with is just this understanding that this book is a compromise in a certain sense. And we really should have a teacher. It's it, There is an idea of a selich harav. You know, you should have a teacher. The rebel was very strong and everybody having a mashpia, um, like a spiritual mentor that they speak to, like in a live way. So nothing can really replace that. And so just to reiterate, we brought two main challenges to this idea of a teacher. The first challenge was the limits of our intellects. So that when we actually, so the limit is within ourselves, that when we're learning different things, then our judgment, our minds might be kind of cloudy. And then we, that could cause us to miss certain details that are in whatever it is that we're learning. And challenge number two is that the learning itself might not be have the same relevance to different people. And this is true whether the the book that we're learning was something that was written by humans or even if it was something that's totally just based on Torah itself. Because even within Torah, even though yes, Torah is essentially relevant to all Jews, we all have different parts of the Torah that is more or less relevant to our soul root. And we're not always in touch with that what that soul root is. So that's it for today. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed. And tomorrow we're going to conclude the the this forward. So there's more to the forward to come um, when the ultra rabbi is going to kind of like give us a sense of like, okay, if all of these challenges are present, why did he nevertheless decide to write this book? So stay tuned and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Benyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.